Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Welcome, Unbreakable Spirit listeners, to episode number 27. And I have a very interesting and very special guest, Amanda Love. Let me tell you a little bit about Amanda. She's a registered holistic nutritionist. She teaches women how to cook simple, I like simple, but delicious, allergy-friendly, healthy meals, and to integrate a holistic approach through mind, body, and spirit, which I think is super important. Amanda actually has a long history of illness, and this is where she's going to share her story with us, but it culminated, and I don't want to share too much, I'm going to let her tell her story, uh, with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, and she was only 20. This was back in 2010, and she was in a lot of pain. She was struggling with a lot of things, and because of all of this, she made it her life mission to teach others how to cook allergy-friendly food and to lead this holistic life. She has a diploma as a registered holistic nutritionist and certifications in gut health, culinary nutrition, and more. She's also the host of her own podcast, Physical Emotional Health Secrets. And she's been a featured guest on over 70 podcasts and TV shows such as Biz TV. So I'm excited to have her here. She's also the co-author of the book, Trauma to Triumph. So with all that being said, welcome, Amanda. So excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. You are so welcome. So I think we should just jump right in. Let's jump into your story of what was happening to you and see where it takes us. Sounds great. So I was actually very sick as a child. So most people don't start being sick right as they are a baby. I was born six weeks early and all the time I was just on antibiotics and they didn't know what to do. My blood work would look normal. Everything looked normal. And the biggest thing was my parents divorced when I was six years old. And then my dad remarried when I was eight years old. So my dad was married to her when actually when he, he started to date her while she was pregnant with her second child. And so that is a big thing. And I don't think I never had anyone, no doctors, no one ever asked me what, what was my trauma going on in my childhood. And I think looking back, that's something if your kids are dealing with trauma or they're dealing with sickness, maybe it has to do with some trauma. Because that was a very emotional thing, a, a huge loss for you, I'm sure, that your parents were splitting up and then you've got this new woman in your life. Yeah. And it was this thing where, point where my dad was like, oh, I'm going to re, I'm going to marry her. And my, my sister and I cried. It was very upsetting. We didn't know 
I've never, I don't think I've ever told this story on a podcast. We knew that they were going to get married, but we didn't know when. And so when they picked us up and then it, my grandmother was like, oh yeah, the wedding's today. Oh, oh my, not giving you any preparation. No, there was no preparation or anything like that. I mean, my sister, I was eight at the time and my sister was six at the time. Me and my sister are exactly two years apart in a day. My birthday's on the fifth, hers is on the sixth. And like, wow. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So my sister and I went through this whole trauma of going over to their house. And it was every Sunday from like eight o'clock to like six o'clock. It must but, have been so confusing that all of a sudden you're getting taken to the wedding. Did you go to yeah. the wedding? Yeah. And, yeah, and you, we were, were you didn't have any part in it? Yeah. We did know at one point, we did know we were in the wedding. We okay. were our girls. We knew because my mom and my grandmother who raised us, they knew there was a wedding. And, and so that was why. And they didn't really want us to be part of that wedding. So that's oh, why okay. they, my dad probably kept it a secret. But gotcha. we knew because they took us one Sunday to try on shoes, wedding shoes type of thing, flower girl shoes, right? And growing up, it was okay. I was sick all the time and I would be stressed to the max and I did not want to go over to that house. And I was the oldest. I had my sister and then she actually had two kids. She had a boy and a girl, but they were like babies. And mm -hmm. Growing up, it was like stressful to the max and like I was the one always getting in trouble. And so the last year that we were in California, we moved to Arizona and the last year there was courts and there was a lot of visitation rights got switched around. So from every other week, it went to every other weekend, but it was also spending the night. and. I tell people it wasn't physical abuse, but it was a lot of mental, I feel mm -hmm. like looking mm -hmm. back, I could look back and be like, okay, that's that was very stressful. A lot of lectures and being lectured for hours at a time and just a lot of being afraid of not saying the right thing. So and this this is all at your dad's house. This yeah, this is at my dad's house. My mom and my grandmother, they would have to, we were so stressed out, both of us, when we would come home that they always were like, they would have to run a hot bath for us to relax us. And they would like make cookies because they knew how stressed out we were. And there were some weekends where I refused to do to even go out of the house. They'd even go for the weekend and my sister would go. And there were some incidents where I wasn't there, but there was things that happened with that my sister was there for. But fast forward to like, we moved to Arizona and I was still getting sick every four to six weeks. Okay, but your dad and his wife are stayed in California. And it's yeah. just you and your mom and your grandma moved to Arizona? Yeah, they they moved us to Arizona. And the only reason we moved to Arizona, 
because it was so expensive in California. But the main reason was to get away from that whole situation. Okay. So your mom was trying to yeah, make things um, better for you. The only way to get out of that whole situation was to move us to Arizona. And they weren't a part of our lives, really. Okay. And you're, so, you're getting sick, though, still, even when you yeah, moved to Arizona. Yeah, I, I was still sick. And, they, and the doctors were like, well, okay, this, you're fine. You look fine. But I would be sick for 10 days at a time. And I'd be down for the count. So I had sinus infections. I had sore throats a lot. And I would have headaches. And the doctors didn't know what to do. Did you get any of this? It's all in your head or you just don't want to go to school? Anything like that? Um, Luckily, I feel like I didn't get that. Okay, that's good. And that's the thing I'm really grateful for. My mom and grandmother knew how much I wanted to go to school. And I'm a very driven person. So they knew I. Okay. Wanted you to weren't go. the one, you weren't the kid that was like ready to stay home. You wanted no, to go. And that yeah. was the thing too. I even got held back at one point because I struggled with learning. Learning never came easy for me. Even though I had to work twice as hard, I still was struggling with school. And then all the time I missed a lot of school too. I completed high school and I was like, okay, I want to go into fitness because I love fitness. And I was like, let's go into fitness. And I did a six month personal training program and they were, I completed that program. I turned 20, like two weeks later. And all of a sudden I just, I would go to the gym and I would come home and I would start to crash. I was in so much pain. I was so fatigued. I'm like, what is going on? I couldn't focus. And so the doctors didn't know what was going on. And I don't know how we ended up at a rheumatology place, but like 10 months later, my grandmother took me to like one of the top rheumatology places. And this was 20 minutes away. This was in Southern Arizona. And they were like, okay, you have fibromyalgia. Okay. So you're getting diagnosed finally. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I got diagnosed, but I don't then, know. That, yeah, like, that then, was like, then what, right? Then what? I was like, okay. I thought the answers were going to come and the answers didn't come. So like I did medication. And if you look up the medication, there's a good website called drugs.com. And I tried and I did Cymbalta, but there's also Lyrica. But if you look at these medications, they're for people who are depressed. It's an antidepressant. And at 20 years old, of course you're depressed that you can't go out and play with your sister and you do things with your sister. And at the time my sister was dating someone and now it's her husband and they've been together for 12 years. But I yeah, you're you're young. Out. You're young, and you can't do all the I things young people out. like and to they, do. Yeah. And they asked me. They went when I went out of the room. They didn't ask me. They asked my grandmother. They're like, "Well, she's probably depressed." It's like, and the only answer they had was medication. And I'm so grateful 
that my grandmother was like, after, I don't remember how many days, I don't, I don't think it was very many days. She was like, you're not taking this medication anymore. It's not helping you with the pain or the fatigue. And so I was like, okay. And their second option, now looking back, I think it's sort of, I think it's sort of funny because, but was physical therapy. And I think that's the thing we, a lot of people think is that physical exercise is going to fix us. It's going to give us the energy. And a lot of people tell me this, they're like, oh, I just need to exercise more. Exercise is great. I love exercise. Like I love strength training, but it might not be the first thing you need to work on. When and, you have fibromyalgia, maybe, can you yeah. just take a moment and tell our listeners what fibromyalgia actually is? Yeah, that's what they still are trying to figure out. Some people say it's an autoimmune disease. Some say it's rheumatitis because that's why you go to the rheumatology place that I tell people, are you in extreme pain, your neck, your whole body, like excruciating pain where it just doesn't go away? Like I couldn't even take a shower and wow. because I was in so much pain. And that's the thing I tell people, are you able to live a life? Are you able to focus? I think that's a big thing. Brain fog is huge. Sleep issues where you get that restful REM sleep. Do you feel like, or do you feel like you've been hit by a truck when you wake up and you just never feel well rested? A lot of people have like IBS symptoms also too, but the biggest, and I would say is fatigue, pain, and sleep. And those have to be going on for like consistently for like three months or longer. And it's not something where it's like, okay, you look normal, then people can't see it. And I think that's the thing too. So when you went to the doctor, do they diagnose based on actual labs or is it more of a subjective diagnosis, like eliminating things and then just coming up with, well, we don't know what else to call it. So we're going to call it this. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of people get diagnosed because we, they don't know what else to do. And also it's very, I think they're working on a blood test, but subjectively they just touch like these points, like there's little trigger points on your body and they'll touch your body and they'll be like, okay, if you are super painful and you touch those, and if you, you are squelching and pain and you probably 14 of the 18 you have to have, and people yeah. could look this up and see what, like where uh -huh. the trigger points are on your body, but it's not the greatest thing. And I think that's the thing too, where we go to the doctors and the doctors are like, okay, you have this diagnosis, but where's the answers for that diagnosis? Yeah. Where's the answers? What do we do besides putting you on antidepressants that didn't help your pain? No. And I think that's the thing too. We put automatically, we put people on medication and what is the root cause of why we're doing, dealing mm -hmm. with that pain? Why are we so exhausted? Why are we so fatigued? Have we dealt with the trauma issues? Have we dealt with the emotional stuff that we're going through each day? We stuff those things down. How is our sleep? 
I feel like sleep's an important thing. It's so important. And I don't think people realize how important it is. I feel like, yeah, I think that's the thing too with sleep. Everybody's like, oh yeah, sleep's great, but it's the bottom of the list, right? And like, for me personally, I'll be like, I'll know if I don't get enough sleep. And it's so important to just be able to shut down and I'm like a nighttime person, so this is hard for me too, where it's like, okay, I'm not going to go on social media. I'm not going to do whatever. I'm not, and I'm the type where I'll, it'll hit a certain time of the night, and then I'm like, okay, I want to do something clean or whatever, right? But what is like creating a bedtime routine for you? What time do you want to get up every morning? What time are you going to bed and sticking to that time is really important also and like making sure your room's dark and yeah there's blue like sunglasses you can wear yeah. that's sort yeah. of awesome so you're not getting that blue light but I think that's the thing too is I think with sleep there's what are you doing to get better sleep? Of course, I think as women, we need to realize certain times of the month, we're going to need more sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And just to jump in for a second, there's a lot of books that are coming out about how critically important sleep is for mental health. For it, there are even studies showing that not getting enough sleep can lead to dementia or Alzheimer's and we as a society just aren't recognizing how very important sleep is. That's when our body heals. That's when we restore. So, so you've got this diagnosis now yeah. and antidepressants, you're not taking them. So, so what was next? So next was physical therapy. Oh, that's right. You started with a physical therapy. I started with physical therapy. I didn't go into detail about that, but the physical therapy was like weights it was, which is interesting because 10 months before that, I had been doing a weight train, weight training program with the strength training, I mean, with the personal training program. So right. how is weight's going to change me? I don't get that at all. <laughs> that doesn't right. make like, sense. Right, like I think it's now looking back at it, I think it's funny because I didn't really, I didn't think that when I was back then because I was in so much pain. I yeah, you were probably that. like, I'll try anything. Right, yeah. that and the weight. And like, that's the thing too. And also I was doing swimming and I would just come out and I would just cry. I was in oh. so much pain. And my grandmother, the person she was, she was always like, okay, what are we gonna do? And we tried pain management, which was the most excruciating thing I've ever done in my life. And it was like, okay, have your first consultation. And then I had, a, they were like, you're going to have to have three separate appointments and you're going to have three treatments. And so what they would do is put a hospital gown on and you would, they would draw little circles on like the trigger points. And then they would shoot, as you were awake, of course, they would shoot this huge needle into all the trigger points which was excruciating pain. Oh, how awful. And the point of this? <laughs> uh, I hate the point of it. And I wish I could ask somebody with this, but I don't know anybody to ask this now, but is like, I think that was supposed to help with the pain. 
Um, I don't remember. So, so they weren't they weren't injecting anything. They were just maybe trigger release. They were injecting. To- I don't know if they were injecting anything. I don't know this because at that age, I was not the one asking the questions. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was, and I can't ask her now because she's passed like two years ago. But I would come out and I would just crazy crying. And it sounds, they, sounds horrible. Yeah, it was. And they have these places across the country too. And I probably have the history of what happened, but your blood sugar would crash and you would have to have sugar and juice to raise it back up. And I was like, okay. And my grandmother said, you're not doing the third treatment. I also remember, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this before. Actually, we went to like, we did x-rays because we wanted to see, and nothing showed up on x-rays with my body. We did that at some point, but fast forward to the next year in the spring of 2011, my grandmother went to a wellness chiropractor 10 minutes away. He's in Gilbert, Arizona. And he was like, she went to his talk and he's like, after the talk, she was like, okay, my granddaughter has fibromyalgia and she's only 20. And he's like, well, if your granddaughter has fibromyalgia at 20, she's been very sick, a very long time. And that was when my grandmother was like, oh, he gets it. And a light bulb moment went off in her head. Yeah. And I actually worked with him for eight months. And I found out I did cortisol testing. My cortisol levels were extremely high. And for our listeners, cortisol is an indication of stress. Um, I, I think my nighttime one was super high. And I also did food sensitivity testing. Mm. And I found out both parents gave me a gene for a gluten sensitivity. Highest in his practice at the time, soy sensitivity egg sensitivity and dairy sensitivity hmm. and that was in july of 2011 where i did an elimination diet good those things and did it start to help yeah it did and i think that's the thing i tell people it's not like it was the magic bullet and he also had me on supplements too i don't remember exactly the supplements It started, I got less headaches. I started to feel better, but I tell people, okay, I still was doing other things after that. I think at one point I went to, I did acupuncture, which didn't do anything. And I think I went to a natural path later on and did like the vitamin shots. But I think the reason why I still was sick and probably not as much, was because I hadn't dealt with the trauma stuff. And I think that's the thing. It's it's really super interesting to me because as I'm doing these podcasts with people, I am hearing the most interesting stories. And it seems like more and more people that have autoimmune diseases, there is trauma in there that has to be addressed as well as all the physical to help get better. It's so interesting that you're mentioning that. Yeah, and I think that's funny too because... I think a lot of times when I do my podcast, it's all, everything sort of just goes back to trauma. And I think for me, I realized, okay, I've come a long way, but this past year, 
it's been a lot. And even the past two years, since my grandmother passed, she passed in August two years ago. And for me, it's been a lot. And I tell people after she passed, when it was like, she was my closest family member, I automatically went on my church's website, like the week I knew she was going to pass. And I saw that there was like a grief group. Mm. Okay. And so I actually did that grief group for 12 weeks or 10 weeks. I can't remember exactly. And I was actually, I think for me, that was the stage where I was like, okay, I gotta, I've never dealt with grief before in my life. And like, so I was like, okay, I need to do that. And I think that's a big thing too. I had lost my dog 12 days before her. Wow. Oh, that's, and that's I only, awful. And I only, I had him for, from like 16 to 30, almost 12, 13 years, right? I had that. And so he just passed because also he just went downhill. Like he just didn't want to walk and he just looked right and found out it was cancer. Yeah, and he was old too, right? Yeah, he was like 12-ish, but... For me, it was just like one after another. Yeah. And the following year, it was just like, okay, I got to get out of this environment that's not healthy for me. It's a home environment type thing. And for me, and so this was just last year. And so last year, I ended up moving to Austin, Texas, and my belief system and my Christianity played a part in like me moving to Austin where I was just like, okay, I don't know where to go. And I look at the top places and Austin was number one. And a family friend was like, God wants you in Austin. So I moved to Austin, Texas. So I tell people, okay, 2020 was focused on grief. 2021 was getting out of a toxic home environment. And then moving to a new state where I know no one at the time. And this year is dealing with the trauma. Mm. And that's not been a fun, honestly. Back in March, I realized there's there's something that happened with a, a friend who was a guy. I'm like, okay, there wasn't anything bad. It just wasn't nice things he didn't say about me and why am I putting this person in a place he shouldn't be type of thing and then I realized okay it's not really about him yeah what he said was hurtful but it's more it goes back to those childhood traumas feeling like I'm not worthy when I am worthy right Mm -hmm. and so for me it was this whole process of okay, how am I going to get help with that? And I went to my church's website. They said, oh, we have a freedom prayer thing. And so I did a freedom prayer where it was like, okay, pray for this person. Like, remember memories that come up. And the first memory that came up was a memory when I was 10 years old, when I was getting lectured. Mm -hmm. And like that was the hardest memory out of all the memories I was walked through. But can I forgive my dad? Can I forgive my stepmom? Can I speak 
a blessing into their lives. It doesn't mean I have to be super close with them. And what's grown out of this whole like forgiving people for me personally is like, oh, I've noticed, okay, I have been calling my dad, which I hadn't done before, really ever. And I did one in April. I did one in June. Well, what were you doing? One of this uh, forgiveness the, or this yeah, prayer? Yeah, this for, forgiveness thing. I did the second one. The first one was more like forgiving my dad and my stepmom okay. and forgiving maybe my sister and my mom. But it was also what lies are you believing about yourself? Right. Are you, and I was believing lies like, okay, I'm not feeling like I'm being seen by people. Right. And so I was believing that type of lies. And in June, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it again. I did it. And I actually forgive the guy who actually had started this whole thing back in March. I, but like, I forgave him. And it's very interesting because I still look at it and I'm like, okay, I forgive him. And then a week later at a networking event, I actually met a guy and like, we started dating. And I tell people, I wouldn't have been in a healthy place to even have dated that guy if I hadn't forgiven that guy and I haven't forgiven my family. And, and even that relationship didn't work. Like it just didn't work because we were on the same page, not on the same page about certain stuff. It still showed me stuff, right? And yeah. that's the thing where now in a week, I'm going to do it again just because back last month, I realized, okay, every time a relationship is ending or I need to feel like I need to forgive somebody, I think I might do it again. And last month in July, the guy that I broke up with, he was great. He did not say anything mean about me. So that was good. But it showed me I had a friendship that had been going for 10 months where that guy was not saying nice things about me. And he was saying stuff where it was like, okay, I just go along with Amanda to make her happy. And I'm like, yeah. And just like pushing me and they'd be like, why are you, I'm finally was talking back where I was like, I don't want you to be pushing like guys on me. And he, and he said, wow. And I think that was the thing too, where I realized I don't want that pressure. And why do you think I need to be married within a year and all of that type of thing? And I was just like, I'm not going to do that. And just, I don't want people who, we all struggle with stuff. So it's okay to talk about your struggles, but stuff that you can't control, then this might not be the best friendship, right? Yeah. I need people who bring life into me because I've healed from so much in the last four months. So I only want people who bring positivity. Sure. Yeah. So let, let's talk about forgiveness for a second, because I've done a lot of work on this myself. Yeah. And I always like to share my thoughts are if forgiveness doesn't mean 
that you've said it's okay how they've treated you or no it's really not about them at all it's It's really about you you (laughs) and that if you are holding hatred or anger or frustration or all of these emotions in your body because of what someone else has done to you you're only hurting yourself so forgiveness to me is about letting them go letting all of that go and like go have your life I don't want to have anything to do with it I I release you I forgive you it doesn't mean what you did was okay or all right but to me forgiveness is about a releasing of it like let it go and I had to do a lot of work on this too and I I think it's something that you have possibly have to keep working on or like what you've said that's hard it is because stuff keeps coming up and I mean we're not well so much comes up and it has to, I, to me, it's a, it's a process. You just like what you're doing, you're working on it. You're working on it. You're working on it. You're working on it to, to forgive and let it go and get it out of kind of get it out of your body. So you believe that a lot of this emotion is, was also contributing to your physical pain. Well, I believe food sensitivities play a part, but I feel like I realized was, okay, why am I so sick? I was sick in October for like two weeks where I was really like in bed. I was sick in December with like a sinus infection, like Christmas to up to like my birthday. And then I think I had a cold and at one point in January also in like, I had a utter sinus infection, but I also had an ear infection. And then I actually had to go on antibiotics and I hadn't been on antibiotics in three or four years, right? maybe even longer than that, five years, maybe, but let's six, but okay. As soon as I did that prayer freedom thing, wasn't sick for four months. Yeah. Yeah. So you needed to clear out some emotional stuff, right? The guy I broke up with and then we broke up and then that same night I got in the fight with the friend. So that's a lot of stress, right? on. That's a lot of emotions right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot and I was sick for a, a while and I tell people, okay, yeah, that's something where it's, it teaches you. And I was, okay, can I forgive these people for like the hurtful thing? I used to not be the one where I would be like crying. And so when I first moved here, I went several months where I was just not, I was doing all the things and this year it's, t- in the last couple months, it's really taught me, okay, I need to slow down. I need to be sad about certain things. I think that's the thing. I mean, 10 months of friendship was this person was very, I was very close with. And so I was super hurtful because I'm the type where I, like, I just didn't feel appreciated Yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it was and I think it also comes from childhood where you feel like, oh, you're just being rejected again. Yeah, nobody's listening. Yeah. Nobody's and then it. I finally learned a couple months ago where I've like, okay, that's, it's not me, but it still hurts. It still sure. hurts. Even a, couple, even a few weeks ago, I'm like, okay, it's still hurtful. Mm-hmm. But, it takes time. And I think that was the thing. I went hiking. It had just been a couple weeks since that everything had happened. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to pray for each of these guys. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it made me realize, okay, it gets easier with mm-hmm. certain people over time. 
Yeah. And certain people, it was still, it was still too fresh. Yeah. Can I take you back a little bit? So you did these food sensitivities and yeah. that helped you, right? It, it started to, re- did that reduce your pain? Yeah, I got rid of the pain. And then that's what I tell people, the pain, I don't deal with pain. Anymore. Okay. So I then how pain is seven, eight years, probably. Oh, that's good. So then how did you get into this becoming a nutritionist? And now you help people with all of this with food allergies and sensitivities. And I'm a huge fan of finding out what your food sensitivities are, because I'm in a similar business. And I have seen how if you take out those inflammatory foods, how much difference it can make in your life. So yes, huge fan. Yeah, for me, I would just look was like, okay, when I was first going through this, I was like, I still want to do, I, I did the personal training program, completed that, and I was wanted to go into nutrition, but I just couldn't do anything with that at that point. So when I was going through the wellness chiropractor, I started to be like, okay, I want to do, learn about nutrition. And then I went into a health course program, took that program for a year but I was like this is not getting down to body systems it wasn't as in depth that I liked so then I took a course on becoming a registered holistic nutritionist and like for me it's you're always learning with Mm -hmm. nutrition so I've taken like a bunch of courses but like gut course and a culinary nutrition course but I am starting a course but it's not having to do with nutrition it's actually a discipleship program with my church mm-hmm. next month but i love teaching people okay you don't have to live a life in pain you don't have to live a life with your fatigue you don't have to live a life where you can't live a life and i tell people this if i hadn't gotten well my sister has two little little girls once almost six months and the other is three years old i wouldn't have been able to travel to arizona back in may if i didn't get myself well i wouldn't be able to play with them and hold them and swing them around i mean kids are heavy so the next day i was like why am i so sore i work out and then i'm like oh i was holding the baby and i was holding the three-year-old but that should be one of your whys for getting better is your family, I feel yes. like. Yes. So when you work with people, do you have a particular specialty that you work with fibromyalgia clients or do you work with anybody that wants to change their nutrition or kind of who who do you like working with? So I work with anybody who's ready for a change and wants to put in the work. I actually was specific more specific about fibromyalgia but now i've switched over where i want to work with people who just want to get well you don't have to have fibromyalgia that's my backstory but what is your backstory and how can i help you serve you the best way is possible is are we working on our sleep are we working on fatigue are we working on the psychology of our mindset around why we're eating certain foods. What's the psychology of that? What am I going to ask you is what is your relationships? Now, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in trauma, but I do know people who are trauma experts. So I might recommend you to go to those people too. Mm -hmm. 
and I have podcast episodes where there are trauma experts. Yeah, we got to realize not one full expert is going to help you with everything, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Maybe you need to go to a hormone specialist. Maybe you need to go to a trauma expert. Maybe you just need help learning how to cook. That's where I come in, meal prepping, that type of thing. But actually today, write down what what are you struggling with and what is the one person you could reach out to today to get that help. And if someone wants to work with you, how would they reach out to you or how would they get in touch with you? So they would reach out to me. It's amandaleeslove at gmail.com. And my podcast is Physical Emotional Health Secrets. And there's a Facebook group that they could also join that's also called that. Okay, great. And I'll put all this in the show notes as well. Amanda, if you had to leave our listeners with one thought, what would it be? Pick one area of your life to work on. That's very smart. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I tell people because you're going to build on it from the following year. And some of these things in life, you don't have to do all the time, but some of them you're going to start building it up and consistency. I already eat healthy, pretty healthy. So that's sort of more of like a routine, unless I have an offer to an off week or something like that, but that's not hard to get back into for me. But look at your life and be like, okay, I'm going to focus this year on grief, or maybe it's only for two months you need to work and like reevaluate. Okay. Okay, where am I with that journey? Okay, grief is good that maybe I could start with the trauma. Okay, maybe it's the relationships. I mean, for me, the last four months have been like trauma stuff. But now I'm starting to be like, okay, I don't know how much more I need to work on. Like, I don't feel like there's anything left, to be honest. I mean, there's always something that's going to come up. But what is one other area that I want to work on? Okay, for me, it's dating. I want to be dating somebody. But for you, it might just be, okay, I want to start cooking better. I want to start meal prepping, right? So pick one area and stick to that. Maybe it's your sleep. I think that's the thing. We start the new year and we say we want to prove our sleep. We want to prove our energy. We want to prove our relationships. We want to volunteer. We want to start volunteering. We want to do all of these things. And it's like overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Very overwhelming. Yes. And like, that's the thing. Why overwhelm yourself? Okay. Maybe you pick something that's going to help with all areas. So, yeah. I mean, you could write them all down, but then, like you said, pick one to focus pick sleep. on. Them. Like, yeah. pick, I think something people don't think about is it's going to help you with other areas. So if your sleep is off, maybe that's your number one area because it's going to give you the energy to do what you need to do. Exactly. Yes. You're going to have, if you deal with cravings, then you're going to have less cravings. So what exactly do you want to focus your life with? Where are you going to get your best bang for your buck? Yeah. And, and it sounds like you can help people guide them 
you can help them figure it out. So Amanda, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your insight. I feel like we could talk forever, <laughs> sharing your story and your journey and where you're at. And I'm so glad that you're managing your pain and now you're digging deeper and clearing out the trauma and uh, that you can help others do this as well. So thank you for sharing all this wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at sevencompany.com. That's the number seven, company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.